Hi guys and welcome to the True Evolutionary Podcast with and I'm your host, Kenzie. I am tired. <laughs> Thank you for the energy boost. Boy does it get my engine revving. Uh psych. <laughs> no, I don't know. But yeah, um I'm tired of shit right now. Um, this political shit is really annoying. Um, it's wearing it's wearing a girl down. But we're going to get through it. <laughs> How many more weeks? Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so um, hope you guys are doing well. I hope my words find you in, in, in a great mood. Um, hopefully a little bit more. Mm, I mean, the weather changed, but it's all gloomy outside. So it don't really help much. But the weather's finally changing. Huh. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm hoping. I was hoping we wouldn't have to wait till Halloween to get a cool front, but it's here. Whatever. I'm still wearing short sleeve shirt. We're not just there yet. I don't think it's really going to even get cold this year. Last year it didn't get really cold, did it? Last year I don't even remember last year. I was partially crippled anyway. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you had your surgery too. Yeah. So I was. I don't know. I was just in the boot all the time, in a knee scooter. And I went to New Orleans on a knee scooter. That was fun. Oh, oh yeah. I was, yeah, I was, like, so popular. It was so cool. Everybody was like, oh, my, like, you know, just young people riding around Bourbon Street, you know. Well, I was riding around. They weren't. But, you know, cruising on my knee scooter. Everyone was like, oh, my God, like, you're my hero. Like, you are so brave. And you are just so amazing. Because my friend was getting married, and that's where we had her bridal party stuff at. Funny thing is, I was in the club, well, one night. I wanted to go in this club so bad because they was playing – like, my type of music, you know, it was twerking. It was a whole lot of ass being thrown around. And I was like, I have to get in there. But the steps were, it was like three huge steps. And I'm like, I'm on a knee scooter. I help can't me. go. Help me. For real. Who Nigga. was going to help me? But you know what? The security guard was like, hey, you want to come in? I was like, yes, I want to be with my friends. He was like, get on my back. Now, he's smaller than me. I swear to you, like, my thigh was probably bigger than his leg. <laughs> I'm like, uh, sir, I don't know about this. He was like, come on, trust me. Well, we're in New Orleans. <laughs> I don't know about all that. But he was like, trust me. I was like, man, if you drop me, <laughs> I said, I'm going to whoop you. <laughs> I whispered that in his ear while I was on his back. And he carried me into the club. And one of his other, uh, one of the other guys carried my scooter in, and he brought me in, and he sat me down, and then I had a great night. My nigga. Yes. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Take care of your people. I was mad that I judged him initially <laughs> by the size of his body, but you know, <gasps> great things come in small packages. Sometimes. <laughs> And then the following night, we went to another club, and this one had an elevator, and I was able to get in because it was handicap accessible. And I'm chilling on the balcony with my drink, hanging out, and 
This la- I see this lady out the corner of my eye, and I'm like, oh, my God, is there somebody else about to tell me how awesome I am because I'm on a knee scooter? And she was like, what happened? So I told her what happened. And she was like, oh, that's interesting because, and she says, look. And I was like, oh. And I turn around, and her husband is coming through the club on a knee scooter, too, with, like, beers in his hand. Like, and he, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> and he was like, whoa, you too? I was like, yeah. But we had, we both had a great time. And yeah, sometimes it's those small moments that you just appreciate. Um, so I say to you, find your happy moments, find a happy place. Um, because it's a lot of shit going on. Um, a lot of shit, meaning, um, dumpster fire, orange face, duck face ass, y'all president, um, had a meeting with Ice Cube. Ice Cube then presented him with the platinum plan, um, for black folk. Um, and we're going to pull it up right now. And he has 13 points, which I thought was an interesting number as well. Um, So we have representation, lending reform, federal funding, federal reserve, finance oversight, data and credit, prison reform, judicial reform, police reform act. Is that FCC licensing? Mm -hmm. Um, Confederate institutions. AJP programs and black the black responsibility which I I I like what he's going for I like what he's going after um <laughs> it's just a huge it's just it's a lot of work it's a lot of work and I don't I can't say hope is lost. It's not. It was it was pretty hopeful. But fuck, we've been living on hope for how fucking long? Like it's been a long fucking time. And and well, it ties in with the rest of the episode that uh with huh, Lovecraft just is so fucking on time with everything they do. But um yeah, I the black responsibility paragraph really stood out to me. Um cuz it, it really just seemed like it was a whole bunch of words for nothing. <laughs> I don't like what are you saying? You know, you literally addressed the things that plague the community. Yes, but like what are what are we going to do? Like um Yes, drug abuse, yes, depression, alcoholism, crime, violence. All of these things are literally like a a, a, a snowball effect. The frustration, the hopelessness. Yes, exactly. Like, it's, it's here, but, like, what are we really doing? Like, is, is, is therapy going to be mandated? You know, is, um, are there going to be more 
because we know the white folks have access to being able to clean up their past if it's a DUI and shit, <laughs> like, or if they get in trouble, you know, with drugs, like they just hop, it's a hop, skip, and a jump for them to go to rehab. So, are we going to have better programs for that? Like, I appreciate him doing this. However, my only critique is he's rich; he got money. Have majority of this shit ain't gonna even bother him. You know, I'm not saying he's one of those people that's a detached from, like, he doesn't remember the struggle and shit. But, I mean, he been having money for a long time. And I feel like in situations like this, whenever he's able to go and meet with Fuckface, that he should bring people who are on the ground who have these other grassroots organizations. Because these people on the ground are the people who are literally working with the people within the communities. They're more in touch with the peoples in the com- people in the communities. And they really know what people need and they know what other pe- what these people desire. Like just being able to see the community fridges popping up in different areas that are there for, you know, certain communities that, like, those types of things, like those little bitty things that make a huge impact. Just like, you know, I know they have like the free libraries where people could put the little little schoolhouse thing, schoolhouse built little, they look like bird trees in their yards and they're full of books. So if you want a book, like you could literally just go up, take a book and, and there, you know, like you're fixed. Um, I think, but I like... I think it's a great starting point. Um, he's a male, so I I don't really know what else it has for the women and children part. Um, you know, a lot of people like to put things under an umbrella, but when it really trickles down, it doesn't necessarily really benefit the women and children. So I'm really curious more about that. Again, that's why I feel like he should have reached out to other people within the communities that are reflective of the communities that he's specifically talking about. Um, yeah. Um, I also seen that Fuckface, Duckface, Orange Man was talking about if he loses the election that he... He'll probably just go to Russia. I don't know how true it is. But, you know, I think it would be great. Take you and your friends. Um, However, I'm curious to know if if Russia would be welcoming to them. You know, because, you know, America, some Americans really especially the hueless ones, like to go to other people's countries and try to, I'm American, I can do this, I can, and I want to know if the Russians would be like, punch him in the face, and, yo, yo, shut the fuck up, like you're not even from here. It's Melania, Melania's from Russia, right? Oh, well, aren't they like cousins? <laughs> well, you know, they might be like, we like your wife, we don't like you. Um... I don't know, but I'm curious about that. But it also makes me think about the level of disrespect that some Americans have when they go to these other countries. Like, I remember this black um, this black basketball player who went over there to China, I think, or he was, yeah, I think it was China. He may have been, I don't think he was, like, in Tokyo or Japan or nothing. I can't remember. He's somewhere over there. Anyway, anti-blackness is everywhere or whatever. So he went to a strip club. We know how censored, um, like, even their porn is. You know, like they censor their porn. So they're very particular about how their women are 
showcased. And he went to a strip club. To me, it looked like the girl was, like, at least halfway dressed. But she was, like, sitting on his lap, and he posted a video. He didn't say, well, to, to our standards, he didn't say anything that was extremely, like, derogatory um, or slut-shamey. But they lit his ass up. Like, his comments, I mean, they were despicable comments, but they were just like, oh, I hope your mom dies, um, nigger this, nigger that, can't stand niggers, da-da-da-da-da. So it was the exact same thing that he would experience here. But it was just like, but this was over their, 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 the woman, a woman. And so it was like, you thought you was going to take your ass over to a whole nother country and disrespect other people, women like you do over here and get a pat on the back. Another thing, you had another thing coming. So I'm curious to know how it would work if Trump did go back to Russia. Cause you know, he probably think he King Tut or something. And they, maybe they run over, run over his foot or something. Like shoot his pinky toe off. That would be kind of cool. Then, <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> um, I also want to talk about breasts. Like yes, like titties. Um, y'all need to grow the fuck up. Talking about, I mean, titties do grow. It depends if they gain weight or if they get a boob job. If they get a breast augmentation, then no. Yes, they are. They still can breastfeed. How many have you felt? Were they fresh or what did they have these for a while? So do the size of the areolas bother you? Okay, thank you. Why y'all fucking with Cardi talking about the size of her goddamn areolas? <laughs> if you don't know cardi ex she says she accidentally sent um a picture to it was supposed to be her close friends list on instagram which i want to know bitch who are these close friends that's looking at your titties uh i think she was laying i don't think these are those are her new breasts Because she got her mommy makeover done. And people was really talking about, like, the size of her areolas. And so I did some digging. And Yeah. What kind of nipples do you have? You, <laughs> I'm just saying because I've seen some guys with like puffy nipples. What's that even mean? They puffy, like you, and they kind of they're puffy. They're not flat, you know. You know, so nipple flat, you know, they are areola, and then there's the nipple there, mm-hmm. right? But instead of it being flat, this is the nip. This is the areola, and the nipples kind of like raised like that. Okay, so you don't have puffy nipples. Okay, I mean me personally, no body shaming, but man breasts do bother me. 
But how big are your man titties? A's are fine. I'm talking about C's and D's. Where I'm like... Because I don't... I hate, I hate fat shaming. I hate body shaming, period. But there was a guy who tried to talk to me, and it, it was... Y'all can y'all can fire my ass up about it. I don't care. But it was just kind of like, cause I know if my boobs move around too much, it she kind of hurt. So do he, do he feel that shit too? Uh, or is it not the same? Is it cause the weight is dispersed differently? But the skin on top, skin is sweaty under there, like. I don't what the fuck is this all about? <laughs> I'm, <talking. laughs> I'm just saying. So I did some digging and I checked out like, cause I, I have a friend who got a breast, who was, she had to get a breast augmentation and she had to get a certain amount removed for the insurance to cover it. And the doctor was able to kind of like make her areola smaller. Cause you don't need a big ass areola on like B cup boobs totally wouldn't look good and um but you can have these kind of things fixed you can you know the size of your implants can contribute to the size of your areola um you a lot of times i mean i know that they're you if it's well i forgot what else they're using now because i know they have the regular saline they have they have a few different other options. I mean, well, if if you're if it um, if it does bust, it can kill you. Like if you get the ones with the saline. And I cheered with a girl, and she got a boob job, which I don't know why, because it was during nationals. But when they did hers, they went through her belly button because she didn't want a scar under her arm, or she didn't want the scar like on her boob. They went through her belly button. So, can't like pushing that shit all the way up into your boob? I was like, oh, like your stomach muscle. Oh, man. I props to all y'all who go through that shit. Cause let me tell you, especially by going overseas and doing it. Hell yeah. Changing bandages and sh- I ain't got the I ain't got the time, I ain't got the time. But over time, you know, like your areola, and breastfeeding, pregnancy, things like that, they, you know, that could cause your areola to become larger. And as Cardi checked somebody in her comments, why your areola so big? Because she breastfed a whole fucking human being. Like grow the fuck up. I always be trying to shame somebody for something. Like, we know y'all just mad because Cardi just do whatever the fuck she want to do. And you and some of y'all mad because she ain't cooking clean and she still got the ring. And her and her niggas still hitting it off. Which is absolutely fine, Cardi. Do what you want to do. She also admitted that she is the one that's abusive in the relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's like we just dysfunctional motherfuckers. Like, okay. I write this. Uh, I'm just gonna say offset. You deserve better, Cardi. You deserve better too. Um, yeah, he was like offset don't do nothing wrong. He just be chilling, and she just be going off on 
But that's the thing. Like, what else? Like, what does he really do? And are we not seeing it all? Just here, at this point, it seems like just him breathing. It's just like, shut up! Like, I don't know. <laughs> no, nobody was talking to you. I don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I saw a clip where uh, she was like trying to, she was recording herself or whatever. And he was like, you got to lift it up so you could get the angle. She was like, but my bre-, she was like, but my titties or something like that. He was like, the motherfuckers are already out there. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, the dysfunction. I don't know. I low-key root for them, but I just hate the um, the mental part of it all. That is a little tough for me. But anyway, on to Lovecraft Country. This episode was fucking heavy, but it was right on time with what I feel like is going on in the world currently. Um you know, with the Proud Boys and Fuckface encouraging um, the Proud Boys to, uh, you know, stay ready or whatever. I know niggas was like, oh, the hood stay ready too. Really? But okay. If you say so. Um, <clears throat> but. With who? These niggas don't know how to shoot. Who? Hood niggas. They practice. Since seven. I got a whole I got a whole boy who's like a redneck and like his family owns like some property, right? And they got they built their own gun range. And they have like some badass guns. Yeah, they do. Like heavy artillery. Plenty of illegal shit too. But like, they alter them. Yeah. Mm Mhm. But that's not illegal. No. But you know. I mean, if you got Elon Musk of the world, flamethrowers and bazooka shit. I thought Elon is just bored. He definitely is. He's the epitome of of extremely wealthy boredness. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's how he made most of his money. Huh. I don't know why the alarm went off. At least it's not talking. Because <laughs> usually it's talking. Uh, all right. So for the loom and gloom stuff, but it's at the same time, it's history. I love this show so much. This coming Sunday will be the last episode and I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do after this but each episode has driven black people to do research on ourselves and to learn more things in the way that they have presented a lot of different things um this episode consisted of fire um because we've heard Montrose make reference to Tulsa um the Tulsa massacre um, 1921, multiple times throughout the season. Um, even Watchmen covered it. That was the very first episode, opening fucking scene. Um, and at watching Watchmen and that, watching that scene, it hurt. It made me cry. And I was just like, what the fuck am I getting myself into? I don't want to watch this kind of shit. But at the same time, 
if you pay attention to some of the different wording that certain people use whenever they're describing certain things that have happened to black people, like in reference to some of the school books, they say, um, I know they were fighting um, with certain school book printers because in the books they had black people were uh, came over to America from Africa on internships. Um, no way was it that. Um, but you know, like you're trying to make it not seem as bad as what it really was, but no, it was fucking slavery and y'all are trash. Um, but same thing with like the Tulsa race riot. It wasn't a riot. It was literally a massacre. And I like the fact that even love when Lovecraft announced, um, you know, introduced it or whatever, it was produced as the Tulsa massacre. Um, so we go in through this, we go through this episode, <clears throat> D's sick, D's, Topsy and Bopsy got to D, D's turning into Topsy and Bopsy, um, so now they have to save D, they rely on Christina as, which I'm tired of Christina, because Christina always wants something, but we know she wants Tick, because Tick is the direct descendant from the bloodline of the Braithwaites. Um, which gives him more power than she does, but she's been working her ass off to make sure every calculated move is good and is in its place, and she's ready to roll. Um, so we the book of names that reoccurs from episode two when they were in um, when they were in autumn are dumb um, when they saw Hannah running with the book. This was the book of names. This is the book of names that gives them the power to be able to be stronger than Christina and possibly overthrow Christina. So they have to find the book. Apparently, the book was in Tulsa during the riot, and it was in the house, and it was burned. So they had to go back in time through the portal that Hippolyta and Tick discovered, and they have to go back in time to find the book um so they have to try to fit in now i love how misha and the rest of the team of lovecraft presented this because we know what's going to happen we know tulsa was devastating but to see black people in their essence like shopping and going to the movies and going to the tailor and you know, going, um, driving in their fancy cars and just walking, being merry. It was so calming. It was a beautiful, it was a beautiful moment. And the, that was actually the night of a prom. It was for Booker T. Washington High School. It was the night of their prom. And then they got word that their prom all of a sudden was canceled. So, you know, everybody was kind of like confused as why. Um, and then, the shit popped off. But can you imagine like living your life, minding your black ass business, just like we always do. And then, you know, some white people show up in the car with their shotguns ready and just start knocking people off all because they're mad. They were mad because the land that Tulsa, the, that, um, this black community was founded on apparently had oil there. So it became really rich. And so for the white people, the poor whites at this point, they were upset. Um, and it 
it makes me wonder because you know a lot of people push for we could do it again we could do it again and we can but it kind of scares me because it's like what the fuck is gonna happen are they gonna be mad again fucking right especially if we take the opportunity to capitalize off of our own shit and they don't get a cut in it and then we benefit off of making like all the like making the culture pop for what it really is like they would be so fucking mad like if they tell us to go back to africa nigga give me my peanut butter and jelly back then shit because we did that shit too fuck you anyway so it was so some of the so they do have some recounts of some of the survivors of the tulsa uh massacre and here are some of the quotes from some of the people um someone said i could see the planes circling in midair they threw in a number they threw in a number and hum darted and dipped low um i could hear something like hell falling upon my office building east down each east archer i saw the old midway hotel on fire burning from its top to from its top and then another and another and another building begin to burn from their type top uh this was from buck franklin another person said the sidewalk was literally literally covered with burning turpentine balls i knew all too well where they came from and i knew all too well uh why every building burning first caught from the top he continues i paused and waited for the opportune time to escape where where is the splendid fire department with its half a dozen stations i asked myself is the city in conspiracy with the mob so when all of this shit popped off it was recorded that they shut down they pretty much shut down the city not the black people, but the white people. Phone lines, trains, um, any kind of help. Nobody responded. They all shut it down. So these people literally were just out there on a whim, having to just figure it out. So it's amazing that we did have some survivors. And then somebody else said, I wept. I just wept. It was beautifully written and so powerful. And he just takes you there. Uh, Frank Marvels, you wonder what happened to the other people. What was the emotional impact of having your community destroyed and having to flee for your lives? And it's actually true because a lot of these people, I mean, you had doctors, lawyers, like it was just amazing. Um, some of the other people. I didn't understand that. See, now she's talking to me again. But some of the people, some of the prestigious people, O.G. Clark, George Monroe and other and uh, mentioned Pegleg Taylor, Pegleg Taylor, who was deputized white terrorist. <laughs> so he was whooping white terrorists ass from destroying Greenwood until it was overtaken. And there were little boys on this certain hill that they were running like bullets up to him as he was doing what he had to do. So a lot of people like to say, we are not our ancestors and blah, 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 baby. Our ancestors was organized and they fought back. They had planned, you know, but they just were a little bit outnumbered. And this was a sneak attack. So with it being a sneak attack, the house that Liddy had to go to. So she literally is meeting Tick's great, great grandmother. And the house that they go into, Liddy already knows. Everybody already knows how this shit is going to end. And the bad thing about it is you want them to help. You want them to save 
the situation. You want Lady to go in the house. Hey, everybody needs to get out right now. You know, they about to set the house on fire, but who? she's from the future. Who the fuck is going to believe her? And so having to deal with this and knowing that you can't alter anything because you literally might fuck up the future and you might not even exist at this point so they can't alter the future at all and as we're going through this Montrose we hate Montrose right well we don't hate him but he's so he's aggravating but as we've known Montrose has slowly started becoming and revealing himself and he we Whenever they arrive at the actual house that they have to get the book of names out of, Montrose is getting beat by his father because his father, you know, knows that he's gay or has feelings for men, whatever. And he beats the shit out of Montrose and then Dora steps in, protects him. And then his brother George, Uncle George, also comes out. George and Dora were having relations and even though it's rumored and it's quite possible that Tick may be Uncle George's son, Montrose um, Montrose was technically Tick's dad. He said, I had to have you. I am your father. And, you know, and you kind of think about the extent that what some LGBTQIA people go through whenever they aren't out right so they have you have to have a beard you have to have a family you have to put this big facade and not live who you are unapologetically because it will make other people like so uncomfortable i'm going to fucking throw her like out but <clears throat> um so we we see all of that and it hurts to see montrose in such pain but now we understand why Montrose is the way that he is. And I love Lovecraft because they get you to start exploring why people may be the way that they are because of past traumas, which are things that we do need to heal in order for us to be better as a community and as a individual, period. Um, so Letty's trying to talk to the grandma and she's trying to give her everything that she could do and the grandma's like "Uh uh-uh you're here to steal because you're looking for something and she pulls out the gun and she cocks it back and lady's like okay listen 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 i am from the future i'm this and i'm that because the grandma starts you know she's very christian like right so lady starts i'm from the future and she was like um she was like i knew something was different about you because we don't have no shoes like that and like grandma sized Letty up but at the same time the grandma knew exactly what she was talking about so it made me start to think about a lot of voodoo or hoodoo or other spiritual things outside of Christianity that a lot of our ancestors did partake in and they suppressed that because they had to present otherwise to not be criticized hurt harmed etc um but a lot of hoodoo things we naturally just do you know for example like um ladies you never keep your purse on the floor your uh black eyed peas and cabbage for new years um you never sweep over people's feet um 
you know, they say that black cats are, are bad luck. I don't believe that. Um, some I think black cats are actually really, really beautiful and majestic. But somebody mentioned, it was like, a lot of people were convinced that black cats are bad luck, but, you know, in a ba- uh, if a cat crosses your path, you're, you know, that's bad luck. But it was like, is it possible that the cat could have been warning you because you were on the wrong path? And by seeing the cat made you turn your ass around? That could be that, too. Anyway, but I also want to go ahead and introduce um, the clip um, from this amazing scene, which I will say that this this episode had me pacing in my apartment because I'm just like Montrose, don't fuck shit up, don't fuck shit up, don't fuck shit up, and I probably damn near rubbed all the all the skin off my thighs because I was rubbing my thighs so much because this, it was so anxious. But here goes this amazing clip from Lovecraft. I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. When my great-great-grandson is born, he will be my fate turned to flesh. <laughs> the book is found. I was told to protect it, but never to open it. Here are the words you'll need. Now go, before you can't. For I know the plan. So in that you. clip, it was it's still so powerful. Um... Because at that point, the grandmother knows that she's not going to, she knows I'm not going to make it out. And Lady's like, unfortunately, no. But I need the book to be able to save the future. And just like you heard her say, the book is bound, you know, so she knows about the magic that the book does possess. Um, My great grandson will be my faith in the flesh. And I think that's what a lot of our ancestors, I mean, ancestors felt about us so are we our ancestors wildest dream yes we definitely can be um but i i just hate the notion that they didn't fight back they just stood there and took it no they they did everything that they actually could and then um as this scene is progressing um as you can as you know the fire is starting the house is beginning to burn and we hear this beautiful poem from sonia sanchez um, during this time and go ahead and play that clip. Hope the good Lord is. Pray with me. Our Father, who oh, art in heaven, how will be thy Sometimes I wonder what to say to you now in the soft afternoon air as you hold us all in a single death. I say, where is your fire? I say, where is your fire? You got to find it and pass it on. You got to find it and pass it on from you to me, from me to her, from her to him, from the son to the father, from the brother to the sister, from the daughter to the mother, from the mother to the child. I say, where is your fire? I say, where is your fire? Can't you smell it coming out of our past? The fire of living, not dying. The fire of loving, not killing. The fire of blackness, not gangster shadows. Where is our beautiful fire that gave light to the world? The fire of pyramids, 
The fire that burns through the holes of slave ships and made us breathe. The fire that made guts into chitlins. The fire that took rhythms and made jazz. The fire of sit-ins and marches that made us jump boundaries and barriers. The fire that took street talk and sounds and made righteous imhotep raps. Where is your fire? The torch of life full of Nzinga and Nat Turner and Garvey and Du Bois and Fannie Lou Hamer and Martin and Malcolm and Mandela. Sister, 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 brother, 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 come, 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 catch your fire, don't kill, hold your fire, don't kill, learn your fire, don't kill, be the fire don't kill catch the fire and burn with eyes that see our souls I got you, walking singing yeah building mm-hmm, laughing <laughs> learning yes loving yes teaching mm-hmm, being hey 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 young 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 brother hey 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 young 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 sister here is my hand catch the fire and live 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 so that is a beautiful poem from Sonia Sanchez and it does it it I know I it for sure definitely ignited me because it it really made me think like damn like where is my fire you know, like, what passions do I really have? What do I really need to be doing? Like, this episode was really, really heavy. And it was just, they shot this shit so beautifully. Because when you first get there, like I said, you see the black people existing, minding their business. The, you know, neighborhood is still put together. It's still beautiful. And then at the end, Montrose is standing in that window. And he's overlooking the whole town. And you just see it burning. And it hurts because we know how much hard work, dedication, and everything that people put into this. But Letty stood there until she burned away. The reason why Letty didn't burn is because Letty has the um, the mark of Cain, so therefore she's un- invulnerable. So watching Letty walk through all of that fire with that book to get back to the portal, and she was taking her precious fucking time. It just shows, like, the tiredness of it. Because I was like, girl, if you don't hurry up. Like, you doing this Beyonce shit by walking. And as she's walking, like, you see the planes, like, continuing to drop, like, firebombs. You know, of course, she can't get hurt. But you just see the shit happening. And she's unbothered. But it shows, like, how tired she is, how determined she is. And just, like damn like I just sat here and just watched destruction so it gave you all of those feelings and in this particular clip Montrose has to go and he hurt his boyfriend's feelings and he went to tell his boyfriend at that park you know you are a boy that likes boys and I'm not like that I don't love you I don't want nothing to do with you things like that and to hurt his feelings because his father hurt him hurt people hurt people and that's when the mob of white people hopped out and they started like beating them up and Dora and Uncle George find Montrose and you know show up for Montrose but then they're outnumbered 
So Montrose said that he had a dream that a stranger, don't know who the stranger is because it was always blurry, but he had a baseball bat and he whooped everybody's ass. And at the end, he told him, I got you, kid. So that's when you heard Tick say, I got you, kid. But now Tick technically saved the future from the past, if that makes any sense. Because Tick technically wasn't even born then, but he was there. He existed in that lifetime to protect them. And he even beat the white girl. There was a white girl there who went out there and was rah, rah, rah with them boys. Tick didn't beat her ass ass like the rest of them, but he definitely gave her a nice little to the stomach. And she went on and took her ass on somewhere. But it just also shows like how white women participate in the upholding of white patriarchy shit. And how they claim, you know, don't touch my, don't grab my pussy, you know, pussy party, pussy hats for everybody. But then it was still the 53% that still voted for the asshole who was out here grabbing pussies. So, just shows the complicated relationship that we just, that exists among us. But, um, oh, and also another interesting fact, after... Everything kind of settled within the town. They arrested people. They arrested the black people there. And they sat in jail for like eight days. How you arrest them and y'all was the ones who came over here fucking shit up? It's just, it's just crazy. And I will say to you guys, like, find your fire. Like, what is your fire? Um, also Misha, you stole seven minutes from me. So I plan on getting them back. Cause I was looking at the time and it was eight 53. I knew I had seven more minutes, but it was early. So hopefully you'll give that back to us. There also was an original song that was a black woman. That was, is an opera singer who closed out the episode. We didn't get our normal Nina Simone center man. Um, and apparently it's rumored that Janelle Monet will be performing in this last episode, which I love me some Janelle. Janae is bait. Uh, Janae Monet is bait. And I'm here for it. But, yeah, again, I ask you, like, where's your fire? Find it. Ignite it. Let it burn bright. Don't let nobody stifle it. Because at this point, uh, November 3rd, Fuckface and his friends, they already have plans. I think they have plans regardless if he wins or not. So do what you got to do. I love you guys. Bye.